Hello everyone and welcome to the Fine Sisterhood Business Edition podcast. I'm your hostess Anna Pompalarcon, CEO of Fine Sisterhood. We take a peek behind entrepreneurship, investing and startup life. I interview founders, small business owners and VC, centering marginalized voices. Fine Sisterhood Business is a marketplace for founders by founders, an ecosystem for everyone who wants to make their business dream come true. Today I'm interviewing a good friend of mine here in Austria who I've met through another friend of mine in the United States who now that I talk about it I should also have on the podcast because he's amazing and he has introduced me to so many people that ended up becoming really close friends of mine for some kind of reason so he's also a badass but today I'm interviewing his daughter Catherine and I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Let's go. All right, everyone, welcome back. And today I have with me a friend of mine who is also here in Vienna, Austria um, at the moment. Her name is Catherine Wallander. She's the CEO of Harmony, which is a no-code tool to build web applications. And Catherine and I met through her father, who is a business contact of mine that I met in San Francisco. And then it turned out that he also lives part-time in LA part-time in New York and then was in Vienna so so many different cities we are from all over the world and then Catherine and I connected when I reached out to her father and I asked hey I need to meet some badass founders now that I'm in Vienna ideally female founders and he was like yes you should meet my daughter she's a badass and we met and I agree and so I'm really excited to welcome Catherine here hi hi thanks for having me of course um, we were just talking about how funny it is to now speak English with each other because usually we speak German. Um, so we're language-wise all over the place. Uh, excuse me if, I, if I'm sounding even weirder than usual because now my brain is thinking in German and speaking in English. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Catherine, can you share a little bit about what Harmony does, um, how you ended up starting your own company um, and what got you there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Harmony itself, it's a, as you said, it's a no-code tool for building web applications. Um, and for us, the whole point of it is that your teams and managers in your company can create the solutions they need without needing how to code, needing to know how to code themselves, without needing to know how to write SQL or to really understand database structures. They can just start to visually build them. Um, I actually had a company before Harmony, which was a software agency, which I started about four years ago and now ramped down for um, Harmony. And I, well, I originally started it because uh, my, uh, I, I met my now co-founder for Harmony as well, who's um, a very technical person programming ever since he was like four years old. Um, and we were, I basically moved back from the Netherlands to Vienna and it was like, well, you know, like a new chapter is starting. What are we going to do? And I felt really excited about the tech industry and working in or being in the Netherlands where there's so much innovation happening all the time, like using sensor technology, IoT for everything for the last 10 years. And I just felt so excited about being having the possibility to be part of shaping what this technological future looks like, how we interact with technology and to be able to shape this interaction. 
That's really exciting. Can I ask, so your co-founder is your partner that moved with you from the Netherlands? Um, he is my partner, but he did not move with me from the Netherlands. I actually lived there on my own for a year, studying uh, at the FU, as they call it, the Freie Universität. Um, and uh, he actually lived in Vienna back then, working for a startup here. Um, and yeah, I just moved back and then it was basically, it, it just was a good, uh, good timing in that sense because um, he, he stopped working at the startup and I just came back. So we just had the timing to say, okay, let's, let's build something together. Oh, wow. That's exciting. So did you know much about the tech industry in Austria? I didn't really know much about the tech industry in Austria. I was I was super into the tech industry in in the Netherlands, and um, I had some amazing teachers there, who professors at the university, who just really connected us to all the businesses there and led us to, for us to see, you know, what are people actually working on in their everyday lives. Um, and when I moved back, I was actually very um, confused about why there is not more of of the stuff that's going on in Netherlands, why is this not happening here? Um, so that that was definitely a different world that I had to get into. So how is it to be a woman in tech in Austria? I know what it is like to be a woman in tech in LA and in New York and in San Francisco. In Austria, I moved back ever since I'm in tech in the middle of the pandemic. So um, I'm me, myself, in my apartment. I don't have much access to real networking events and stuff like that. So I haven't had the chance to really meet the startup and tech community here. Uh, what is it like, especially as a woman, especially in tech? Yeah, I think that's very interesting. I mean, I think that's very different in, in every, every city and country for sure. Um, I, I notice a big difference now, you know, being online, networking online with people all over the world versus the physical networking here. Um, and when I just started off um, in the beginning, I went to like every event I could think of, you know, like with, with the actual programmer scene and then with more business oriented people who could become customers. And I definitely struggled a lot to get our first customers um, to um, like we had a few, like especially one bigger one to start off with. But then to acquire new customers was a challenge to um mainly because I think I struggled with being taken seriously because, you know, I'm a, I'm a young woman, or re relatively young. I was younger when I started at first, all first. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being what, what was I when we founded the company, some were around 25 years old um, and coming to this event full of older white men who, you know, are all like 50 plus, you know, like, which can be awesome people, but um, there are also a lot who just don't take you seriously and are like, oh, you know, that's nice. You're here too. That's lovely. What a, what a cute girl. Um, and, you know, I was never like really disrespected to my face. It's just that you're not being taken seriously implicitly. And um, funnily enough, the first customer I ever got then was someone who was physically blind. Um, and that was for me the like a real confidence boost. I mean, he was an amazing person, um, but it was like, okay, you know what? If you take this visual side away, you know, he immediately um, just listened to what I'm saying, trusted that 
the content of what I'm communicating is actually relevant and didn't just judge me by how I appeared. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what do you think, um, like what helped you to overcome those challenges at the beginning? Like what gave you the confidence to keep going? I think mostly just the small successes of then being able to get a customer, you know, that was massive for me. You know, it was like first customer, wow. Um, <laughs> and and also having my co-founder who told me, you know, you're, you're going to figure it out. And having this person who just tells you on an everyday basis, you know, you, you can you can do this, keep going. And, you know, there was definitely a lot of days where it's like, um, it still often are, where it's like, oh, my God, can, can I can I do it? I don't know. <laughs> you know, am, am I good enough? But um, then you just keep going and figure it out. And um, and then these small successes really just matter. And and being able to successfully finish a project, you know. So it, it was just really point, especially my co-founder being like, hey, here's a success. Look at it. You, you did that. <laughs> That's amazing. I have a mentor like that. And sometimes he sends me random text messages, like completely random at like 3 a.m. Well, currently 3 a.m. because we're in different time zones. And he's like, you are a motherfucking rock star. Never forget that. <laughs> and I wake <laughs> up the next morning and I'm like, oh, well, well thank you. <laughs> but it you really know, pumps you up and it helps, right? Yeah. And weirdly enough, I one of my hobbies is dancing usually and in tango uh, tango argentino is one of the things i like doing which you really can't right now but i uh, i have a teacher there who does online classes now as well and he just has this attitude you know like whenever i i speak to him in these online classes it's just like you know what you're awesome you you can do it look at what you just did and you know even though it's unrelated to my work it's just this really positive force in my in my life <laughs> yeah that's really nice yeah we all need those like thought leaders that really help us and get up, get us all pumped up so we can go out there and fight another day for our startups and our dreams. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So how did you fund your first company? How did you have the money to get started? Or did you need money to get started? Or how was that like on the economic side? Well, both times, with first with the agency and now with uh, Harmony, we've bootstrapped. Um, now with Harmony, we actually... Um, we're starting to look for investment now for the first time. Um, and before that, yeah, the agency we just started, we just bootstrapped, you know, by just taking work on and then slowly growing. And with Harmony, we then used the money we earned by doing software development for companies um, and reinvested it in ourselves, in our product. Oh, that's so cool. That is even more badass for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just being able, you exited your own company by yourself and then just took the money and started the next company. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. How... Sorry. No, go no, ahead. No, not at all. Um, no, I, th I, think, I think there are a lot of pros and cons with bootstrapping. You know, I think we can talk about that <laughs> for ages alone. <laughs> Well, but you managed to have a business successful enough, your first business, to yes. get the money to start another business. So yes. on my book, that's already a huge success. Like considering 80% <laughs> of startups fail and you're like, mine didn't just not fail, but mine made enough money to start another company. I do think, <laughs> see, we're talking about celebrating the wins. This is a win. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, 
I'm now pumping you up to celebrate that. Awesome. <laughs> so how is it to have a co-founder who is also a romantic partner? Yeah, challenging. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall, I think there are a lot of, uh, I mean, there are obvious challenges, you know, like especially with COVID now, you're literally glued together all the time. There's nowhere to go. Um, and that that's challenging and really, you know, you always got to work on your communication. I think that that applies even if you're not involved privately, but um, I think even more so if you see each other 24-7. Um, and, I mean, there are a lot of positive sides, actually, because you really do know each other in and out. And we've been together for about eight years now, so we really do know each other. And we do know, you know, we figured out the heartbeats we figured out all the plus and cons about each other um <laughs> and I, I feel actually you know it's it's actually quite quite positive in the sense that you know you know how to build each other up um and one thing that i find very important is um to really be able to somehow separate work and life to some degree even if it's in COVID times you know like we have a workroom that's for working and then you know if you uh if it's past mostly like past 11 p.m or so it's like no more talk about work you know it's not allowed my brain can't take it and having these rules in place basically that just really helps to keep going to be happy you know to be Or right now, to be all right <laughs> with yeah. each other. Yeah. I just love how relatively unhealthy you are. You're like 11 p.m. That's yeah. That, that's where we stop. And I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. Welcome to Startup Life. <laughs> yeah, we, we also try to introduce a rule that when you wake up, you like I, I get an hour of waking up where I go running or do morning exercises. Um, and in that time, there's like no work talk. Because it's just like my brain is not awake. I just need, you know, I just need to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good. But I mean, it's also at the same time, that's a very short time window because 11 p.m. It's basically like right before you go to sleep. That's when you allow yourself to <laughs> get a mental break. Uh, so we always talk about like the mental health and like burnout of founders because I feel like we just don't talk about this often enough. And I can't really talk about here so much in Austria, but in the mm. US, I always felt like um, startup founders, you have to, you almost have to celebrate yourself as this rock star. You're constantly holding talks and I'm invited on a panel and um, check out this interview that I recently gave and have a press announcement about each round of funding that you're raising and all like, it's a kind of style that you need to adapt to otherwise people think you're not successful which is uh, really problematic for um, especially because then a lot of times people think well they're all just out there kicking ass and they're all amazing and everything just looks so shiny and bright and social media allowed us even more so to only highlight what we want people to see Uh, but what we often don't see is what it actually does to your mental health, but also relationships outside romantic relationships like friendships and family. When you start your own company and all of a sudden you're working day and night and it consumes your every thought. So how mm -hmm. are you managing those things? Yeah, well, I think we actually had a really challenging period in December last year because that was basically when we 
made the decision, okay, we're going to, um, you know, stop with the agency work. We're going to fully focus on our products. We're going to fully focus on Harmony. And um, we had a lot of deadlines basically to make up and also planning to do for Harmony. And um, we basically just worked every day for the whole month, you know, like no, no weekends off, no anything off until um, basically, I think at Christmas, we then had some time off. Um, but the, it was basically a month before it was just full on working from waking up to falling asleep. And we really, it just, you know, like while you're in it, it's kind of okay. So you just keep going. Um, but then in the Christmas um, holidays that we took, it was just like, wow, I didn't notice how destroyed I was. You know, I really just needed these few days off. Oh my God, I'm, I'm just going to do nothing now. <laughs> like um, there was really needed. And, um, so I feel like taking a few days off, especially having some weekend or so regularly, that that really keeps me sane. And apart from that, I definitely have developed coping strategies even before COVID. But now I find it's even more important um, to have things like, for me, it's going running that really keeps me just stable and sane and happy enough um to you know without social without too much social contact um it's, it's still something i can regularly do having um a rhythm in the morning being able to do the same thing every morning that's really um helpful and we do also um just having therapy sessions you know just having someone to talk to just be like oh my god you know um I felt so bad this week, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just really helpful then to, you know, finding new strategies, new tips of how to progress. And um, yeah, I feel like having these structures in place just really helps um, and, and being very clear about doing them. Yeah, that's so true. I got into, into, well, into regular therapy since COVID because now I don't have an excuse anymore. <laughs> there are 50 minutes out of one week that you can sit down and talk to someone if that just helps. Um, versus in LA where I was just like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> or whatever kind of excuse just came up to like not do it, even though I totally believe in therapy, but it felt like I have to keep going all of the time. Like I cannot, I cannot stop. And I just yesterday I described to my dad that I felt like that um, from the Duracell batteries, that bunny, you know, <laughs> that keeps mm -hmm. going. And I'm like, that's kind of how I felt the last three years when it comes to work. Just go, 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 go. And never getting, never even allowing myself a break. And so now, thankfully, um, after feeling like I've reached my breaking point, I cannot take care of myself or my kids or my company or anything else. I can't even manage anymore to make sure that the fridge is stuck because I, I'm not used to in Austria the grocery stores being closed on the weekend. So I constantly oh, yeah. run into the issues at the beginning of running out of food. And I'm like, Jesus, I can't even have food at home. And so after <laughs> several weeks of feeling like I, I just can't anymore, I, I took a break and I was like, okay, you need to take care of yourself because otherwise nothing is going to work. Like if you don't do it, then, you know, you're screwed and so is your family and this is not working out. Um, so I'm yeah. really glad that there's more and more awareness to like, um, first of all, resources where we founders hear, okay, this is normal and it's important to have systems in place and it's important to have some kind of ritual where you get your head out and you can relax and all of that. But also 
that we're normalizing more to get therapy and have access to it, especially in Austria, where we actually have access to healthcare and we are able to just go and get it. That's so important for all of us. Um, so I realized that I completely skipped a question that I'm asking everyone um, because we're both in the same city. So I forgot to ask you, even though I told you I'm going to ask you, <laughs> um, which is, what is the where are you right now we mentioned several times already austria vienna and europe um but how did the pandemic affect you what is going on in the country and city you live in and how do you work right now and just how does it look like like just an overview of pandemic where you are and how that affects your work yeah um well i think we have um, somewhere between a thousand and two thousand cases um, every day right now and we're still in a lockdown so we're all working from home and um, just doing our just doing calls basically and you know trying to go out for runs or so that's fine um, for doing sport so I definitely make use of that um, yeah generally I think they, they, they did start rolling out uh, the vaccinations but they definitely like in Austria Somehow it looks like the government is really struggling with the communication and the logistics of the vaccinations and generally of what's going on with lockdowns. It's um, kind of uh, on, uh, like most of the people have no clue what's going on, actually. It's like probably a lockdown, but, you know, not sure. Um, and, yeah, I think that's probably part of the reason why we're like still struggling right now and why, why this is going on for so long. Um, but I mean, for us, it's kind of okay being, you know, a software, being software based, you know, we can program from anywhere. And actually, I think with business development and networking, since the whole world is in this together right now, it's actually, um, it, it connects us in a way. So we can all network online and it's totally normal now, which is really great for me because it actually means I'm not limited to this country. I can, you know, I meet people from the US and I met someone from Singapore and Taiwan in my lunch club calls like in the last few months. So it's just, uh, you know, it's like kind of, it connects us. And, and I, I do like that part, <laughs> even if the reason for it is rather horrible. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> are you now networking like in other countries? Like, uh, is that a new thing that you actually started doing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I network a lot with people in the US um, and Every now and then, uh, also, of course, also in Europe, Germany, and also the UK. Um, yeah, which has its own thing going on right now. Um, and yeah, so it's 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 mostly it's mostly uh, North America and and uh, Europe that I network in. But well, I, I'm definitely not limited um, by by being in Austria right now. Yeah, I think it's so funny how you mentioned that no one even knows what's going on. I'm one of those people. Um, we, I mean, oh, you were hoping for the update from me. Yeah, I, I was like, are we locked down or not? And you're like, you know, a lot of people ask that question. I'm like, yeah, I am the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when, when we left LA, it was so bad. I mean, unfortunately, it got even worse. Um, but like, I just, I came here to Austria with massive PTSD. Um, I remember like yelling at my fan, family members, you need to put the mask on, distance, socially distance, go away, go away. And everyone's like, Anna, stop freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is not okay. Why is no one taking it seriously? And I even had a, like, a, 
I wouldn't call it a nervous breakdown, but like kind of a breakdown in the ice cream um, store. Like we, we went um salon, we got went and got ice cream and I was so pissed. And I'm like, everyone is taking their masks off. And my mom is like, how are we supposed to eat ice cream? Like what? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know why you guys are open. Like, why don't you just serve ice cream outside? Ice cream is the easiest. You just get a fucking cone and you walk away with that. <laughs> and she was like, okay, you need to chill the fuck out. Like, it's not that bad here in Austria. Everything is okay. But I kind of yeah. just kept that mindset. And sure enough, two or three weeks later, the lockdown, the second wave, how they called it, started. And so I basically just haven't left the house. I'm just inside. I'm like, I don't even care at this point. Because you're right, the government here communicates it really badly. You have no idea what's going on. It also seems like they have not reached the 21st century and social media. And I'm like, yeah. I am sorry. I'm not going on the government's website um, five times a day to see if there's an update. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, you can tweet shit. You can put it on Facebook or on Instagram or somewhere to make sure people read it. Uh, but otherwise, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're just at home. Um, I have to say I like it. I'm like, I I think that having the having the massive privilege to be able to work from home, to not have to risk your own health or your family's health to be outside and be a frontline worker or work in the grocery store or any of the other occupations and being in a country where you have health care no matter what happens and it's not tied to you losing your job. I mean, we got really lucky in all of that, um, even though our government yeah. here seems to <laughs> need some help when it comes to PR. Um, but that's yeah. a different topic. But yeah, I mean, thankfully, it's not it's not as bad in Austria and we're all safe. And that's something that a lot of people, unfortunately, right now cannot say about themselves and their circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think it's going to hit here more. I think especially we're going to see it with the economy because it sounded like um, when I read on it on the local newspapers, it sounds like Austria is going to be hit pretty hard by having an economic crisis. And yeah, so so we shall see how that plays out in the next few years. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. But, I mean, a year ago, we wouldn't have thought we're going to sit here and wear masks and um, talk about, you know, a pandemic and be in the middle of this um, nation, um, not nationwide, internationally. Like, it's just crazy. But here mm. we are, and you always, you know, you learn as you go. Um, talking of learning as you go, what is something looking back at starting now two companies and disrupting an industry that is dominated by men? What is something like some advice that you wish someone would have given you when you first started or that you, you know, time traveling could give yourself something that would be really helpful that you think um, other women that might walk in your shoes one day should know? Yeah, well, I think for me, one thing that I'm not sure if someone might have even told me that, but I wish I would have realized it more that um, even before COVID, I noticed that being able to network online, going to online conferences or so, it was actually really useful and being able to um, just network with people, finding customers um, or, or people to work with um, online via these conferences or events and to look across your own border to be able to say to to look at least you know across Europe even um in in Canada in the US I think that's something that I feel 
I should have done much earlier. And um, I feel not, not only because, you know, it's, it's I'd say it's, it's a bit difficult being a woman founder in Austria for several reasons, but because it gives you the perspective and it keeps you uh, keep having this perspective on what is you and what is the people. And especially now that we can't travel, I find that extremely valuable. I find always like being involved with people with another mentality, um, another language. It just really helps to see, okay, what's actually my problem? What are my challenges? And what are the challenges I'm just facing on the outside? Like when, when I'm not being taken seriously, is it because I'm like saying nonsense or is it because of how people judge me by how I look? And by being, you know, a young woman is, and and it just having this perspective is extremely helpful to have the energy to keep going and to be positive and to actually work on yourself. Because otherwise, I feel like if you're just stuck with not being taken seriously and you're like, oh, but it must be me that, and then maybe you're working on the wrong thing because maybe you know, maybe in this case it's not because of you. Maybe it is, but then you know, like <laughs> find out, find out before you. Sp- waste your every every waking minute thinking about it i have a really interesting story that is exactly connected to what you just said i recently had that experience that i was talking to someone here in vienna and i kept talking about one of our products in a very like um kind of social impact kind of way which i know Mm -hmm. i've been criticized a lot if any of my investors are listening they're probably rolling their eyes right now because i know i know i know (laughs) that if you're a for-profit you need to come across as a for-profit and not as a non-profit um i know that and i know that that's always been a struggle but at the same time i feel like i did get some kind of recognition at this point like this is a tech startup this is a tech company that i'm running i'm the ceo of the company but then here in Vienna, I had a, a, a call with someone, a Zoom call, and we talked about it. And that person kept asking me, um, you know, what about this company is innovative? There is no, you know, there's no, no real technology behind it. And I was so confused. I was like, wait, what? What? It, like, <laughs> how can she say there's no tech in a tech startup like that? What? And I was so confused. But then later, I actually... Was it someone you connected me with? No, I think, I think someone else. Then, then I asked around and I said, hey, I'm not sure. Like, are we talking a different language? Do you guys, did you change the meaning of tech? Like, I really asked that <laughs> question. I even at one point, I had such imposter syndrome that I was sitting at home Googling, what does technology mean in German? And I was like, <laughs> shit, like, I don't understand. Like, why? I mean, I understand a lot of questions. Ask me how I'm you know, how do you plan on growing? How do you plan with revenue? Like there are so many questions you could ask, but challenging me on whether or not my tech company is a tech company, it just seemed so odd to me. And then I talked to, uh, to, to an acquaintance of mine and they were like, okay, can you just tell me what you told that person? And I told them and they're like, oh yeah, no, that's totally lame. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, in Austria, we still still do all of the buzzwords in tech industry. So 
if you do that in the US, probably most people would roll their eyes at this point. If you run around, like I remember when I started Client Sister, everyone was running around and talking about crypto and everyone was running around and talking about blockchain. It was just the thing. Like people would say, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to use blockchain. And everyone was like, wow, you must be really smart. <laughs> and I think part of that was also because no one actually really knew what blockchain, I mean, people understood what it is supposed to do, but not how it's going to do it, right? And so it was mm-hmm. buzzwords that really just helped. And a lot of white men raised funding just by using buzzwords. And so I just learned culturally to take out those words. And so, and so when I talked to this person here in Vienna, they were like, no, you cannot take those words out in Vienna because then they're going to think, you know, this is like a fluffy, cute little thing because you're a woman also. So on top of you not using buzzwords, your gender is also speaking against you and so you need mm-hmm. to not just use buzzwords but like overcomplicate them <laughs> and I was like okay and he's like I'm gonna give you an example when you talk about machine learning just say and we're gonna use machine learning and do artificial intelligence and I'm like oh my god I'm rolling my eyes as you tell me and he's like yes but this is exactly how you need to talk and so the next time I had a meeting that's exactly what I said. I said, we're doing real life, real time language, natural language processing um, and said things that I didn't, you know, that I am used to not using anymore as like buzzwords that no one really takes serious in the US. And here, as soon as I said it, people were like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. And I thought, oh, yeah, there really is a big difference in, you know, in what topics people care about and how people talk in certain parts of the world. And it's just really, it helps to talk to other founders in that market to better understand how you need to present your startup. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it was definitely um, like working on the projects of other companies. I, I definitely have been approached before multiple times where it was like, hey, can't we use machine learning or artificial intelligence? Um, to solve this or that problem and I found like 99% of the time it's like no you have a really clear problem there's a really clear solution there is actually no need for machine learning in in this case it's rather simple actually and um, I mean I think machine learning has a lot of potential for a lot of things and I think it's awesome that we have it Um, and it has a lot of potential as I said Uh, but I feel like for a lot of projects and for a lot of problems you there are other solutions that are quicker and faster and easier and cheaper and why not use them? Um, and uh, I, I did have a similar experience like with, with the actual customers, they're quite happy. They just get the solution and it, it works. It's perfect. Um, but I did have a, a few friends as well who, especially when starting with Harmony, who were like, don't you want to say, you know, like you're putting your no-code tool on the blockchain. And it's like, <laughs> that, I don't know. That doesn't make sense, you know? Like, <laughs> for, like <laughs> how does this, um, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> but I do, I also, you know, they wanted to help me. And it was like, you know, it would really help you to raise funding here. It's like, just say you use blockchain somewhere. It's like, you know, blockchain also makes sense in machine learning, but, you know, but not for this specific use case. <laughs> yeah. But hey, they wanted to help. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, don't. I also yeah. really appreciate I was like, I don't think I can say all of those things without smiling. Like, because yeah. to me, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, Jesus, like, really? Are we going to do that now? Um, but at the same time, I'm like, well, the good thing is that I do actually, you know, 
I know my stuff. And if it, if it takes that to be taken seriously, then why not? And I just this morning, I had a call with an investor here in, in Austria. And, and she also said, like, just talk to women. <laughs> She's like, women here are starting to really um, get into investing. And they really want to be connected to female founders. And they do speak more of your language. You don't have to do the white tech bro kind of language um, to work with them. You can just be yourself. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> like me trying to adapt to talk like a tech bro, I don't think anyone would buy that. <laughs> so there are places you just need to find, you know, you need to find what fits you and what fits your style. I think that's just one of the most important things. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So I would like to talk about um, support from your community. Did you feel supported? Did you have family and friends that supported you? How did your community respond when you told them that um, you're going to not just now have one company, but you're going to start now your second company? What was the feedback like? Yeah, I mean, I think actually quite positive I think with the second company it was much easier than with the first one. <laughs> I think with the first one, my especially my family was actually very supportive and um there are a lot of self-employed people in my family so they do know the struggles and I definitely did get the question of are you sure you want to do this you know do you know how much work this is um you could have an easier life if you just uh, you know work as an employee somewhere um but they they did support me and um I, I with like knowledge and network and wherever they could anyways they wanted to help me and that was really appreciated um I still is and I think now with the second company it's more of all right you know you just keep going that's you know what you do um Mm -hmm. and I I think with with friends it was uh, interesting because um I think most of my friends just couldn't really imagine what that is uh what that's about so I think they, you know, wanted to be helpful and um, they were by, you know, being there. Um, but I definitely saw that it's just, you know, something very abstract to was or something very abstract to most of them, which is like, you know, I on the one hand, wow, it's really cool. You have a company, you know, or you're like so important. But um, <laughs> on the other hand, it was also like, you know, like, why? do you have a you know what are you doing with that you know why um and especially from people who are not really friends but you know more like acquaintances it was more this feeling of uh why do you think you're important enough to have a company you know what makes you so special that you can have a company and I think there's a mentality thing here a bit but um I don't know maybe it's somewhere else as well but it's it's this like you're trying to put yourself above us what are you doing <laughs> you know why why do you think you're so special <laughs> So how did you respond like, to that to that kind of feedback? Um, well, when I was supported, you know, just really appreciated. Thank you, thank you, everyone. I love you so much for trying to help me. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, mostly when it was just you know doubt or or an, an lack of understanding of why I would do that or why I think I'm I should like why why I'm so important to do that now. Um, it was mostly just. But telling people what I'm actually doing, you know, tell, giving them a bit more insight into what everyday look, life looks like, actually. Because um, I think when you didn't have your own company, it's a bit abstract, you know, like 
what, what are you actually doing all day? I know you're in calls all the time, but what for? <laughs> and, um, uh, and yeah, just telling people about it, just, uh, you know, also about the struggles, a bit about the good things, a bit about the bad things. Um, and I think it's, it's just a very, it's still very irritating, you know, like what, what you know, like for, for in the situations for people, it's like, what, what are you actually, you know, like, why are you doing all these things? And, now it also sounds like a lot of work. So <laughs> why would you want to do this? But um, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I just take it as an opportunity to tell someone about what this actually having a company actually means for me anyways. Um, so it becomes more realistic for them, more graspable. And also something to, you know, not, not put on a massive pedestal because, you know, like, yeah, it's hard work and, you know, I like being appreciated for it, but, um, you know, we're all just people. So, you know, when, when you, when you think, you know, Oh, you found a company, you're so important. What do you think? It's like, um, you know, actually I'm just me. Yeah. <laughs> so now we come to my last question, although it sounds like you didn't actually have that. I always ask about career failures, but it seems like you just had career successes. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> um okay i have to laugh now um yeah i i love it when it sounds like that um i think i think it's i think it's not really like one big failure where i could say wow i tried this and i crashed so hard that you know i wasn't dead for 10 years which i'm glad i didn't have that but um i i there are definitely like so many failures and challenges along the way all the time um from you know progressing really slowly and just not you know from not finding the first customer like um that I that I actually really got on my own um that that took me a few, like even a few months you know and um like three three four months I don't know um anymore but it, it took forever and it was so frustrating and it felt like I'm never gonna make this you know but you know I kept going and just was lucky enough to figure it out and then once there's one success you have more motivation to kind of figure out what works um and it's like yeah i mean there a lot few weeks ago i launched some experiments for harmony to narrow in on a vertical as well just you know um to not just enable application building for anyone but to really optimize it for a use group for our next beta and um for a target group sorry for the next beta um, and the first experiment I did was such a failure. It's like nobody cared at all. I was like sharing it with groups and people from the target group. And it's like not one person, like it was some questionnaire thing. Not one person gave their email or like one, two people I think filled it out without an email. I was just like, I, I spent days on this just posting and sharing. It's like nobody cared. And I was like, all right, you know. <laughs> which which part didn't work <laughs> and you know I, I'm now kept going with more experiments where I see more feedback or feedback and um, you know I'm trying to iterate based on on improving the feedback but yeah like there's so many failures along the way it's just kind of you know it's I think maybe it's an everyday thing of being a founder I guess you know just here you fail and then you try it differently and then you fail again and then you try it differently and then 
you actually found something that works maybe and <laughs> you keep going from there <laughs> so that's so interesting because I love doing experiments that like that's like my thing I love that and then I look at the data and then I launch even more experiments would you mind sharing a little bit what experiment you tested yeah, well, um, we're now trying a bunch of landing pages for um, specific use cases, like creating uh, customer portals so that, you know, when you're, um, especially if you're a B2C company, that your customers have somewhere to log in to be able to, you know, share data with you, communicate with you, and have all of their data and information available at any time, personalized to them. And uh, so one of these use cases was this, for example, creating these customer portals. And then we also went for something like just, you know, admin tools that you plug into databases, you get all the access to it. So we wanted to try these kind of uh, use cases. And to we created these landing pages for it. The first time at all, we just created a questionnaire to see if we engage people, if we ask them about their problems. But they are, nobody cared at all. It was like, I guess people are spammed with these kind of questionnaires already. That was my impression. It's like, oh, don't try to sell me something. It was like, I really just wanted to know if you have the problem. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but it was like, okay, they, people don't like that apparently, or, or this target group didn't. Um, and now we're doing landing pages and um, we're, we're pushing them with just a small, very small budget and just to see does this work? Do we reach the right people? Do people care? Would they give us the email address for signing up to a beta for it? Um, and now people are. Um, I, I just, you know, like we, we are making more iterations of these web pages next um, for more use cases, also to narrow down the use cases a bit more from the things that are very interesting to people. Um, and I do want to try something else other than a language page as well but I don't know what that's going to be <laughs> okay I see yeah mm. I, it's funny that you say that because I have had exactly the, that same kind of experience of no one cares um, and you're like wait what <laughs> but then you know there are other times where you have an experiment where you might be like oh I'm curious if that works or not I'm not really sure and then all of a sudden the feedback is phenomenal and you're like oh I guess that works um, but it's interesting to to hear someone else experience this, like, no one cares, and you just spend days and days doing that, <laughs> because that is basically the summary of entrepreneurship, like, you spend yeah. days and days doing invisible work just to get the feedback that no one gives a shit, and you still have to keep going until one of those things just does work out. Uh, thank you so much for being um, here with me today. Um, this was really exciting, especially because you're the first Austrian CEO here and on this mm. podcast. So um, now we can later go back to speaking German with each other. <laughs> I think we did quite well <laughs> switching languages. I'm really proud of both of us right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I said something in German. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't have noticed, but I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> So we're doing quite well. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. You too. All right, everyone, that was it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find Catherine and her amazing no-code company, Harmony, at harmonycb.com. CB stands for content-based, so harmonycb.com. 
I'm going to leave it in the show notes, of course. I'm also going to leave the contact details to Catherine in case you want to ask her about all of her amazing network Zoom sessions that she seems to have. I know I'm going to hit her up for that because I need to get my Zoom game going again after I took a little bit of a break because I was burned out from too much Zoom every single day. But now I'm back in the game. And I know I'm going to ask her for some recommendations on how to find amazing networking events online. So that was it for today. Please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. That really helps. And if you can hold it down, hold down the phone, take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram, that helps even more. We're a brand new podcast. And so if you can tag us at Find Sisterhood Business, then we can reshare that and grow our audience, which as you know, we all startups have to do. So thank you so much for all of your support and stay healthy. Bye.